John chapter 1. Just want to share a few thoughts and considerations as we think about the birth of Jesus. Um, I had the privilege of going to Central Assembly last week and um, the Bible study there. Um, the guy that did it did an excellent job where he was talking about the travels of Joseph and Mary going to Bethlehem and the, the different spots they went on the way and some some really cool things came up um, during that discussion and so I'll try to work some of those in uh, with this but in John chapter 1 verse 1 it's a section we should all be familiar with because it's so powerful and explains so much about what was happening when Jesus came into the world it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he is with God in the beginning through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made in him was life and that life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness but the darkness has not understood it there came a man who was sent from God his name was John he came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all men might believe he himself was not the light he came only as a witness to the light the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world he was in the world, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of the husband's will, but born of God. The world became, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He has seen... We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So I'll stop there. Um, the amazing thing, you know, when we think about what happened with uh, the conception of Jesus, and this is something that came out last week in the study that was, that was real interesting and something that's worth considering is the very conception of Jesus. Remember when the angel comes to Mary and he tells her, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and um, you're going to have this child that's going to be the Son of God. And she's like, you know, according to your words, let it be. You know, she, she surrenders to what the angel's telling her and surrenders to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes and conceives Jesus in her womb. And uh, so not only a virgin birth, but a virgin conception. Um, there was no contribution of a man involved with that. Um, and the whole idea that we have in our society and in our time, there becomes this big debate on when does life begin? When does human life begin? And obviously it's at conception. Jesus was Jesus from the instant that Mary conceived him uh, by the Holy Spirit. As soon as that one single cell became, well, half a cell basically, becomes a whole cell and then divides into two and divides into four, there's a life there. It's a human life with a complete genetic code. You can use science to confirm that. Um, growing inside of her. And so the word becoming flesh wasn't just when Jesus was born. It was when he was conceived. And they've 
done studies and tests and they've confirmed that you know even children inside of the womb can hear their parents talking they'll know their mother's voice when they're born they know their father's voice if he talks i don't know some fathers are kind of quiet but <laughs> they, they know these things and they recognize voices and sounds and things that's why there's even people you know they'll play classical music for their kids or they'll they'll do different things and talk to the child in the womb and that's a, and a powerful and amazing thing and jesus was able to hear Joseph and Mary when they would converse, when they would talk about things. Uh, one of the things that uh, talked about last week in the Bible study that I was at was, you know, as they traveled on their way to Bethlehem, and it was probably on foot, uh, you know, it's the tradition came up with this donkey because of some poem, but, you know, it doesn't, Scripture doesn't say anything about a donkey. It was probably on foot. Maybe there was a donkey involved. Who knows? But anyway, it was a slow process. But as they're traveling, they go past these different places where, where various events from the Bible happen. And the Eastern way of doing things, Jewish way of doing things, is you would remember things that happened. So if you're going past a place, and we're familiar with this in our time too, you go past a landmark or something like that, you might talk about what happened, you know, you go to Wilson Creek Battlefield, you know, you talk about the battle or whatever. And so as they're traveling and going past, past these landmarks, they would be talking to each other about, you know, this is where the prophet did that. This is, this is where this battle occurred. This is where, where these types of things happen. And they would talk about these things as they're traveling on the way. And Jesus is already receiving the physical information from his parents about the events that have happened in the Old Testament, even within the womb, hearing these stories, beginning to be trained up in the way he should go because even though he's the word of god even though he's god made flesh he still grew as a human being uh remember when he's 12 now he's confounding the wise people in the temple but he still when joseph and mary come say hey you need to be with us he submits to them um he he follows their leadership as a child respecting his parents honoring his mother and father if there was ever someone that could say at 12 hey i know more than you <laughs> It would have been Jesus, but he didn't do it that way, right? He did. He walked in respect and honor and listened to them and submitted himself to them. Not because he necessarily had to per se, but because it was the right thing to do. Uh, what a wonderful example. And so here is the very word of God becoming flesh. The very word that brought life into the world, that brought light into the world. Remember the very first thing that God speaks, we read it in the New Testament, is let there be light. You know, the, the very word of God is light, and that light is the life of man. That's Jesus. Um, God speaking his word is Jesus. That word is what became flesh. The Jesus was spoken into existence, so to speak, uh, as far as that child. Um, the word was spoken. The word was spoken in history, the world was spoken through prophets. The word was spoken of what was going to happen, who he was going to be, what he, where he was going to be born, all these things. And at the exact right time, the word became flesh inside of Mary and began to grow. And then the, the word was delivered to Joseph and Mary um, on that day uh, in Bethlehem. Uh, what, what a powerful thing to know that that very spoken word of God was going to be true. And, and even in Jesus' ministry, how many times do we read, because the scripture said, or to fulfill what the scripture said, and, you know, even his death, 
even his crucifixion, it was specific at certain times, certain events happened because of what was spoken. It couldn't have happened another way. They didn't break his bones. Why? Because the scripture said that his bones were not broken. They, they pierced his side because the scripture said, you know, and it's just uh, the, the so many things that that was the word of God, not just the flesh part of him, but his very being. Everything that was happening in his life was that word. The, the word of God spreads out from its beginning, from its spokenness. The word of God doesn't return void. So it's not just Jesus, that bodily person that's there, but everything that's happening around him, all the events that occurred. Um, even time itself was changed by Jesus. Of course, you know, people want to change the dates now, right? You know what they call it now? They call it common error. You know, they want to get away from the AD and the BC and all the, you know, religious references. So they call it CE, common error. Let's get away from It's still changed at Jesus. <laughs> That's still when time changed. Um, and, and he's still that living word of God. And, and it talks about, you know, how through him all things were made. And it's that, that very spoken word of God that gives life to everything. The very vibrations of God's words. It's the the truth the reality the physical structure all around us everything we experience is because of god's voice that spoke forth and that is vibrating and creating all these things the corruption the distortions the sickness the pain the death the all the bad things that are happening are those voices of evil those voices of the enemy and those that follow him that are speaking against god's voice and going against god's voice trying to silence it trying to distort it uh you can go all the way back to the garden in the beginning with the serpent you know hey what did god really say he didn't say that oh no you're not gonna die you know just going against that voice of god um and they're pretty effective in many ways. Doesn't stop God's voice from bringing back what he's going to do, but they can be effective in areas, in ways, in people's lives. The, the whole battle that goes on is in that mind, in our thoughts, in our, our um, understanding. And the corruption of the world, the corruption of the enemy tries to get in and change our understanding, change our thoughts, change our ideas on who God is, on what truth is, on what's really happening in the world. Um, we see this, you know, especially when it comes into the world of politics in our country. You know, how many people you can see here, the same poll or the same statistics or the same thing, and two different groups will have a totally different opinion and try to tell you this is what this means. No, this is what this means. This is what's really happening. This is what the truth is. Um, and trying to get people's minds and thoughts and attitudes to, to go certain ways. And, and of course, it, the hypocrisy comes out when you start to hear what they said back when their guy is doing something, back when someone else's guy is doing something. They'll say opposite things. And this happens on both sides of these political realms because they're trying to twist and turn and, and make it fit their narrative and uh, and all that stuff. And it's just, it's a bunch of, what's that stuff that comes out of your cows again? False prophets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of false. You know, of course, and we hear a lot of, you know, we hear about, you know, fake news and things like that today. And, and absolutely, that's what it is, you know, twisting and turning. You look at how the educational system is going to, to go so much against God. But no matter how much you go against God, no matter how much you go against his word, no matter how much you deny who he is and what he does and 
whatever, he's still alive. He's still real. His word is still powerful. His word is still active and is still moving forth. And we can either choose to be part of that or we can be choose to be part of the other. You know, what music are we going to listen to? What music are we going to dance to? Is it going to be God and his voice or is it going to be the enemy and his voice? Um, and some people think, well, it's so much funner. I would rather party in hell with my friends than to live in heaven with these other people. It doesn't work that way, buddy. <laughs> That's not how it goes. Um, uh, so, so, and everything was made by him in verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it or overcame it. Um, you may have in some translations, translations it hasn't like snuffed it out. Um, there's various aspects of which that word can be translated, but the idea is here comes light and darkness doesn't want anything to do with it. Darkness will try to cover it. Darkness will try to put it out. Darkness will try to destroy it. Darkness will try to distort it. Um, you know, pure light is white, so it'll try to put different colors on it or whatever. And, and that is what's happened in the world. And that is why people don't want individuals to be set free, to walk in freedom in Christ, to proclaim victory in Christ, to, to walk in a positive, joyful, peaceful um, uplifted way to be people of encouragement and the word they, they hate that stuff because it's so bright and it's so shining and it brings forth the glory of God and because they want darkness they try to put that out um, there's even people in churches that'll do that you know so some young person gets saved or something and they're like you, you know you need to calm down and you know just you know be like the rest of us be all dignified and you know and sanctified and and calm it down boy you know and, and it happens a lot you know where those that are bright lights shining the glory of God the enemy will do whatever he can to come against and to snuff it out um, even to the point where there's individuals that leave this world too early, like um, it's just happened this week with Dennis. Much of the evil people down here do not comprehend God's word. Well, therefore, sometimes he shuts it away from them mm -hmm. because they made the wrong choice. Yeah, there is that aspect of that whole veil that, that's put over their, their eyes. They don't want the glory of God. and They, they, they purposely cover their eyes, cover their mind, uh, cover their thoughts with a veil and God will help them in that you know as as individuals want to reject God and go away from God will help them to go down that path um, absolutely and, and it all has to do with light you know if if you're walking in the power of God and in the freedom of God you're going to shine um, we've been taught not to uh, we're taught by religion not to. We're, we're taught by a lot of people not to. We're taught by the world not to. We're taught by the enemy not to. Uh, you know, you got to kind of fit in and, and blend in and don't be too bright. Don't be too shiny. Don't, don't be so heavenly minded. You ain't going to be no earthly good. You know, God do that. Um, and really, that's what it is. We need to be shining forth the light. Yeah. Obviously, Jesus was a light and they didn't like him. <laughs> they put him to death, right? What a great honor for him. Um, uh, and then it talks about, you know, the man that was sent to testify him, you know, speaking of John the Baptist. Um, and, and, of course, John was a light, too. You look at Jesus, you look at John, and what happens? As they're shining that light forth, people come. And people want to be part of it. Now, look at the people that normally come. 
Look at the people that are drawn to the light of God. Was it the um, wealthy? Was it the religious? Was it, it wasn't really those people. It was the poor. It was the sinners. It was prostitutes, tax collectors, um, drunkards, sick. Um, you know, the injured, the demon possessed. How many demon possessed people? They come running to Jesus. How many of you know that wasn't the demon going, hey, I'm going to beat Jesus? When a demon-possessed person comes running to Jesus, wanting to be in the presence of Jesus, don't you know that person has just enough power to be going to get set free? Yeah. It's not the demon wanting it, because the demons know who Jesus is. They're like, we don't want nothing to do with you. I remember some of them would even say that. What are you doing? Leave us alone. It's not our time. What are you doing here? Go away. And yet the people would want to be in his presence. Um, and there were times that they were drawn to him because of the light. They knew they had so much darkness. They're like, there's enough light there. I can see it. But if it wasn't as bright as someone like John or Jesus or some of the disciples after them, the apostles, it's just not bright enough for them to see. It has to be a bright light for some people that are in deep darkness to be able to see. Um, and, and they were able to come and receive that life and forgiveness and that power to set them free. And and I love this verse because it's, it's one of those that, um, oh, I don't know. It's one of my favorite ones, I guess. <laughs> Got lots of favorite ones, right? Amen. Um, in verse, I guess I'll start in uh, verse 11. He who came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Then verse 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of the husband's will, but born of God. By believing in him, we have the right, the right to be a child of God. You know, people talk a lot about rights, you know. It's we have the right to bear arms. We have the right to breath. You know, they're wanting to have rights for people to have health care and all these different rights and stuff. By believing in God, we have the right to be children of God. Isn't that amazing? By believing Him, by believing His Word, believe in Jesus, who He is, believing in His conception, <coughs> growth, birth, death, life, death, resurrection. By believing in Him, we have that right to be a child of God. I love that. He came unto his own, his own received him not, and that's how God designed it, because as the people that he was supposed to receive him, that were supposed to be waiting for him, rejected him, now he becomes a light unto the Gentiles. Who's Gentiles? <laughs> All of us. <laughs> Those of us that aren't of Jewish descent. Um, the, praise God that we have that right to become that child of God. Praise God that that he was rejected by them. Um, you know, the world didn't know him, even though the world was created by him. I mean, that's, that's an amazing thing. And the world rejected him, and the world rejects us. And, of course, this is talking about the world system, not creation, the world, but the world system that's out there, the, uh, that man and everything. And, again, it, it wasn't of a natural descent nor of a human decision or the husband's will, but born of God. And, and, and we think back to, you know, Isaac and Ishmael 
And the, that whole thing, you know, God gives a promise and, and Sarah and Abraham try to do this with Ishmael through their own way, through their own thinking. And God's like, no, that's not it. It's going to be by my word, by my promise. And it's going to be Isaac. Um, again, with um, uh, when we get into next week, we'll get into Lot and his daughters. And his daughters are like, oh, we got to carry on children. So, so they end up getting their dad drunk and having children. And it becomes a big mess for years to come. We'll see next week. And it's like, this was, this was man's way of doing it this is human thinking this isn't god's blessing and uh of course the seed that was going to come was going to be jesus praise god for that um and the world became flesh uh, verse 14 and made his dwelling among us we have seen the glory the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and truth and what what's really cool about this and what i want you to consider too is you know the word became flesh again from the time of conception the word became this child growing inside of Mary. The word became flesh and grew in Mary. And uh, one of the ladies shared last week, she was like, you know, uh, she was talking about, you know, birth of a child. And she was talking to God about, you know, how painful that was. Women that have had children know it's painful. Men just better agree that, yeah, it's painful and we don't know what that's like. Uh, but uh, she was talking about the pain of childbirth and how God would never experience that. And God said to her, well, you have to understand, though, I was Jesus inside of Mary. And so I know what childbirth is like by going through it through Mary. And she was like, oh, man, I never, never thought of that. I mean, Jesus experienced that. Um, it's different than being the woman given birth, but he still did experience it. He experienced that connection with Mary and, and being birthed through her, uh, being that, that flesh that he is. Because oftentimes we think about the word becoming flesh and we think about the birth of Jesus, right? But the word became flesh while he was inside of Mary, growing. Uh, and, and I can't even imagine what it was like for Joseph and Mary to know that they were going to be raising the Son of God. I mean, we, we raise our children just hoping they don't serve the devil, you know. <laughs> Hopefully they won't be too bad. <laughs> and here they are raising the Son of God going, oh man, <laughs> if I mess this up, is lightning going to come? You know, I can't, I can't make a mistake. Praise God. But God knew who he was picking. Um, and then... Um, the i'll just kind of close with with how john testifies of jesus here in verse 15 john testifies concerning him he cries out saying this was he whom i said he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me from the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another for the law was given through moses grace and truth came through jesus christ no one has ever seen god but god the one and only who is at the father's side has made him known this is a really powerful statement that he quotes here from john because John said, you know, the one that's coming after me, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. He's greater than me because he was before me. See what John's saying? He was before me. Now, John was conceived before Jesus. And another uh, powerful thing, you know, to consider is that John knew in his womb when he heard Mary talking, 
he jumped for joy because he understood people that don't believe that a baby's alive in the womb need to read the Bible and realize those babies knew what was happening. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit with the presence of Mary and Jesus right there while they were both still in the womb. But John was conceived first when he's saying that Jesus came before him because he was from the beginning of time. He knew he was God, and he was proclaiming him to be God. Uh, you know, there's people that'll say, well, you know, in the Bible never claimed, uh, in the New Testament never claimed that Jesus was God, or Jesus never claimed he was God. Yeah, it's all over the place. He may not specifically say it in those words, but it's all over the place. Before Abraham was, I am. He's claiming to be God. <laughs> they understood it. That's why they wanted to stone him at that time. Um, but uh, so John's saying, you know, he was before me and the fullness of his grace. We have all received blessing, one blessing after another. He's talking about the grace of God. He's talking about the grace of the word of God that was living inside of Mary. For the law was given to Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Think about Jesus, you know, he's talking to the Samaritan woman and he's like, you know, the true, the word time is coming where true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth, a grace and truth. You think about justice and righteousness, justice. If we, if we received what was just in our lives, what well, we would receive hell, right? Separation from God, because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So Jesus comes with grace for justice. Yes. Those two go together. And by his grace, we are made just. Yes. Truth has to do with righteousness. And the truth is, there's none righteous, no, not one. <laughs> but we receive the righteousness of Christ. By his obedience, we receive that. And so we can walk in righteousness. And we can walk justified before God because of grace and truth. And so this this ties right in with the whole foundation of God's throne, which is righteousness and justice. That grace and truth is what overcomes justice and righteousness because, again, there's none righteous. It's not for the healthy, but for the sick that Jesus came. It wasn't for the righteous, but for the sinners that he came. Praise God, because that's us. <laughs> And he says, no one has seen God, but God, the one and only, you know, we read it as the only begotten. The, uh, another way to translate that from the Greek would be the most unique one. You know, there, Jesus was so unique because he wasn't like this half God, half man. He was 100% God and he was 100% man. It's, it's hard for us to fathom. It's hard for us to understand. Um, he wasn't just some kind of weird mix because that's what the pagans would come up with, right? You know, you got, I don't know, Hercules or different ones that are like half gods, half men, uh, things like that. No, he was 100% so unique. There's no one like him. Um, so different, so amazing. Yet, he was God from the beginning. He was at the Father's side from the beginning. And so he was able to make God known to us in such a weird, wonderful, powerful way. And the strange thing was, God wasn't who people thought he was. The Father wasn't who they thought he was. He looked so much different when he was with them. Because for them, especially for the religious, right? For them, God would be in the palace. God would be on a throne. 
God would be rich and having all these attendants and, and God would be hanging out with these very spiritual, pious people that dressed a certain way and talked a certain way and, and gave tithes and, and did all these things. But when God came, he was with prostitutes and tax collectors. He ate with them. He talked to them. He hang out, you know. They, they would come to him and say, hey, the law says, and they'd bring some woman caught in adultery, and he'd be, okay, well, you that's without sin cast the first stone. And God wasn't there to destroy the wicked and expose their sin that they knew was there, but he was there exposing the righteous for their sin and for their hypocrisy and for their unwillingness to have grace and truth, truth and mercy, and those things that were important. And he's exposed, and that's like, that's not the God we were looking for. That's, wonder if he came today, if we, a lot of us would be like, that's not the God. We, we thought he'd be different. You know, sometimes we paint God in our own minds instead of letting him be who he is. Praise God that through the word of God, through the life of Jesus, through the experiences of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can understand and know God for who He really is and not have to make Him into something else. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. All right, anybody have anything you want to share? Yeah, God gives discernment to the ones that He wants to have it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I have something, um, I have a Bible app on my phone, mm -hmm. and you said you started in... John 1, 4, right? Mm-hmm. Well, 1, 1, and then down, yeah. My uh, Bible verse of the day was John 1, uh, John 1, 1 through 4. Ah, nice. They got it right this time. Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's always good when the Holy Spirit can confirmation. And did you know the Holy Spirit can use technology to give confirmation? How could God possibly use technology? He didn't even know about it back when he created the world. He invented it. Oh, yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> Praise God. <coughs> Hallelujah. Anybody got anything you want to share before we go? Yeah, look in your card and get that poem out. Oh, the one here? I will read it. The meaning of Christmas. Christmas is a time of year that our Savior was born. It is a time that our Lord chose to set us free. For he brought unto the world the only one who was worthy to pay the debt that was owed by you and me. And at Christmas time, when we gather around the tree and we give gifts out to everyone we know, we know now that our hearts were all giving, giving all began. It started in the manger long ago. The gift of yourself is the real meaning of it all. For what more could a person want to receive? In the Bible is the story of a birth of a Savior who taught us to believe.
And I thank you, dear Jesus, for the love that you've shown with all the trials and temptations you went through. For how much more could you have shown with your love that was your own? And as we live, you are guiding us to you. Written by Lorraine Smith. Thank you, Lorraine. Praise God. Amen. So everybody have a good Christmas. Be back next week. Are we still in the same month next week? What is it? The 28th. Yeah, okay. Yes, next week. Er, yeah, next week. And then we'll... Um, you want to have communion? We've thought about having communion today, but you want to have it next week? Yeah. Maybe we'll make the bread. We've got some Yeah, I was just going to say that. We need to have communion. It's been kind of choppy with weather and all that different stuff, yeah. but yeah. Yep. That'll be good. Okay. Praise the Lord. Jesse the planet said one time he went to a hotel and they uh, said they could put him in a little room and he said, well, I've been paying for the hotel room since noon so I want in my room. And uh she said, well, it's not ready. And he said, well, your ancestors must have been from Bethlehem. <laughs> no room in the inn. <laughs> Praise God. And then he said that people live more for the weekends now. Yeah. Yeah. They forget about they can live like they're in heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Every day of the week, he said, Monday's my favorite day, he said, because I get up and get started and with stuff, and the Lord's with me. Amen. Yep, that's the way it should be. Another exciting week to serve the Lord. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for sending your son down to... The word of God to be conceived in Mary, we thank you for her willingness to carry you and to care for you uh, all those years, first in carrying you inside of her and then caring for you as a baby and helping you to grow. And I thank you, Father, for your love and willingness to share your word with us and to give us that right by believing in you and in him to be children of God. Thank you, Father, that help us to remember you as our Father throughout this season and to just celebrate you as a new year comes and be ready to commit new and exciting life and times and things and expect to see miracles and revival and changes in people's lives throughout this coming year. In Jesus' name, amen.